you're passionate about transforming retail operations and improving performance, plus you're accountable for key change projects and programs in your company, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. I'm Oliver Banks, your host and your guide to successfully delivering your retail transformation. Welcome to episode 125. Now, the rise of technology is very well documented, and that has driven more and more digital transformation. But I'm not sure if you know, but I have a a slight allergic reaction (laughs) to the term digital transformation. And that was actually something I explored in a whole episode back in episode 44. So do go and check that one out. It's called The Problem with Digital Transformation. But very briefly, I think the term digital transformation makes us focus on the word digital a lot more than we focus on the word transformation. And that means when we're talking about digital transformation, we get very absorbed into the digital tech cool stuff. And I think sometimes we do forget about the transformation aspect and many other non-digital elements that fall into that transformation. But nevertheless, let's not get sucked down that rabbit hole. There's a whole episode about that, episode 44, like I say. And as a result of that term digital transformation, technology and transformation do tend to get intrinsically intertwined in people's heads. But technology-led transformations continue to be popular and continue to be relevant and required, by the way. But today, I want to give you eight factors that are shaping technology-led transformation so that you can stay on the right path and you can make the most of your technology-led transformation rather than perhaps just getting a bit too carried away with the the funky tech. (laughs) Show notes for today are over at obandco.uk slash 125. That's obandco.uk slash 125. So the first factor that we are going to be exploring today is focus. And this takes many different forms. Most importantly, you must focus on the problem that you are solving, not the solution that this technology is presenting. And I'm sure you know that, right? We're always talking about this sort of thing. Whilst you may recognize this, I do encourage you to really step back and say, are we focused on the problem? Because actually, when you start to focus on the problem, it opens your mind and you start to think about other options. The technology that you have in your head is going to be one option, and that's great. But there will be other options as well, and maybe even a hybrid option, which is even better. And it's very likely that when you start to think about the problem, not just the solution, that you realize that technology is only part of the solution. There are other considerations around people and organization and process and operations and priorities and many more aspects. And these must sit alongside whatever technology solution you are talking about. So make sure that you stay focused on the problem. You must also stay focused on the term transformation and really understanding whether you are talking about fundamental transformation or incremental transformation. Fundamental transformation, as the name suggests, is big. It is fundamental. It's going right back to a clean sheet of paper, so to speak, or maybe not right back to a completely clean sheet of paper, 
but it's really challenging the business, the operation, right down to some of the core values that it holds. Whereas an incremental transformation is an improvement. It's an optimization. It's the ever-evolving world and shape of your business. And the reason you must focus on whether you are talking about fundamental or incremental is that it can massively impact people's expectations, which is a topic we'll be coming back to later on. But if you choose the term transformation, some people will get scared and will be overwhelmed by that. And if that is not your intention, if you are not doing a big fundamental transformation, then maybe that overwhelm is needless. Equally, people may be underwhelmed when you suddenly deliver your incremental transformation, yet they were expecting everything to change. So focus on what you mean by the term transformation as well. And then finally, you must focus on what you are prioritizing. And again, this comes back to the problem that you are solving because you'll know where you need to place your focus. And, you know, if you're thinking about things in an agile manner, then perhaps you're thinking about minimum viable products, etc. And actually, what does that mean? What is the minimum viable part of your transformation? So that's the first of the factors today. The second factor is innovation. Innovation. Now, what does that word mean to you? It means many, many different things to different people. So it's important to realize and reflect what it means. Equally, should you be an innovator? Should you be a fast follower? Should you wait for the mass market to pick it up? What's the right innovation strategy? And again, it won't surprise you that it's different for every company. So think about what innovation means to you and think about what your innovation strategy is. And by the way, depending on your company's purpose and the reason for being and how your company is supporting your customers, your innovation strategy may be different for different parts of the organization. If you are focused on fast, rapid fulfillment, then you're probably going to want to make sure you've got some cracking innovation there. But actually, in other areas of the business, maybe you want to scale it back, right? It all makes great sense, but you must recognize this and you must make sure that the wider team recognizes this as well so that they can focus their priorities in the right place. Also, when we're talking about innovation, it's worth making sure that you are running your own race. Sure, be inspired by other companies. Go benchmark against other companies. Great. But don't get distracted and don't get scared by what those other companies are doing because they are running their own race and you are running your race. And so you must make sure that you stay true to what you are trying to achieve and how innovation plays into that and how it can help you. So when you're thinking about innovation, think about how you are going to harness new ideas. Think about how you are going to develop and deploy these new innovations. And then think about how you were going to celebrate individuals and encourage new thinking. And you want to make sure you've got a plan for each of these. Now, a number of years ago, before I moved into the world of retail, I was actually in the world of engineering and product development. And the company I worked for, Xerox, were particularly focused on generating and creating new patents, both in terms of protecting their intellectual property, as well as finding new inventions, and even actually a bit above my pay grade here, but understanding patent top trumps or contests, so to speak, so that actually you could talk about trading and licensing patents to other companies. All very interesting. And like I say, not part of my remit. But what I was focused on is creating new inventions for sure. 
Xerox actually had this invention process that encouraged everyone, everyone in the company to submit new inventions based on problems that they see and find, based on new ideas that they're coming up with and new solutions that they create. And by encouraging all of these different ideas and get, making sure that they focused on having a process that sat behind, here's what we do when we get a new idea, here's how we assess it, here's how we work out if it's viable, here's how we work out if it is unique, here's how we work out how we can develop that into a commercial solution and maybe even a patent as well, and then how to celebrate that. And what that did was it really brought everyone into the innovation game. Everyone was willing to submit ideas. People were, were there supporting each other, helping each other, throwing new ideas around. And it really created this culture of innovation that was brilliant and really did harness new ideas and develop them into solutions. So do think about what that innovation process would look like for your company as well, which will be a key part of your technology-led transformation, as well as the wider innovation strategy. And what these first two factors are doing is that they are helping solve a problem and do it in the right way so that you are not being distracted by, oh, hey, have you seen what Amazon are doing? We should do that too. Or, my goodness, I saw this amazing thing at some tech show. Let's do it. Come on. Because those things may not be right for your company. And if you are not thinking about focus and innovation as the first two factors shaping your technology-led transformation, and you could get distracted, you could get led down the wrong path. The third factor is clarity. This is around being able to clearly explain what it is that you are doing. It's going to help if you are linking the problem to the solution, as we've been talking about. It's important to use plain English or whatever language you are using, simple words, simple phrases. Don't overcomplicate because you will alienate people. Don't use buzzwords and make sure that everyone is able to understand what you're talking about. Because if there is confusion, then people will either do something different than what you're expecting, or they're going to do nothing because they're just not sure, but they're also not willing to say that they don't know or don't understand. And then if there is misdirection as well, if you have misexplained what you're doing, people are going to head in the wrong direction. And so when you are trying to create this clarity around your technology-led transformation, make sure you are using use cases to illustrate how the future is going to look or how different states will work. You know, maybe take a customer or a colleague or even a product and step through it. Say, this is how it's going to happen. This is what it will look like. This is what it will feel like. The fourth factor is holistic. This is in recognition that everything is connected. It's a big interconnected system where one change or one action can ripple down and have a series of unintended consequences. And if you don't understand the system, then you will not be able to predict those ongoing impacts or consequences. That's when you get a problem because it's a surprise and you don't realize that would have been affected. Another theme which is connected to this holistic perspective or everything is connected perspective is disintermediation which is about cutting out the middle. It's about simplifying and looping the beginning straight to the end. This is particularly important as we continue to focus on speed and agility and cutting out bureaucracy. So you must realize that things are connected and you must be able to then look at what this full scope looks like and really feels like. 
And in turn, you can reduce organizational complexity and overcome the corporate constipation that can exist, let's be honest. So those are the third and fourth factors shaping your technology-led transformation, clarity and holistic. And these two are joining together to make sure you've got a good understanding of how the world works in your very specific area. And you can communicate that to help other people understand how the world works and how it's going to evolve as well with your transformation. Now, the next three factors are beginning to get a little bit more technical. So factor number five is around accessibility. And this really splits down into four different groups. Inclusivity, which is about making sure that your transformation end state, well, and the process along the way as well, is accessible to people with different disabilities or different cultures or different languages or different mindsets or even just different preferences, frankly. And it's important to think about how your technology can be more inclusive to make sure that you get people on the bus. It's going to help with your change management strategy and it's going to help with your uptake. The next part is around productivity. And this is making sure that the people that need access or play a part in the ongoing process and decisions, etc., that are made, have what they need to to be able to get on with their job. And making sure that you have the most effective and most cost-efficient way of getting a particular job done. You don't want to be defining technology that is putting in barriers because it is not accessible and it is impeding productivity, right? The next part in this accessibility factor is about mobility. And this is both in terms of the ongoing drive to mobile ways of working and living and shopping through our mobile phones and smartphones, etc. And thinking about actually how the cloud and web apps and speed all play into that, which I'm sure you're on top of. And then the final part of accessibility is around connectivity, which is around really about data accessibility and system connectivity and integrations. So those were the four parts of accessibility, inclusivity, productivity, mobility, and connectivity. And then the next factor is data, which is a huge hot topic. And we've obviously had a number of different episodes about data over the past few weeks. So do go and check those out if you've not already done so. But you must be thinking about why you are wanting data and what you are going to be using it for. Are you thinking about personalizing an experience, either for a a customer or even a colleague as well, right? How can you personalize a particular experience with data? How can you optimize something that's going on using data, making sure that it's all flowing through nicely and you are making the right decisions? And then how can you inform and provide insight to people so that they can decide the right course of action? And I think once you've thought about why you are wanting data and how you are going to be using it, then you can make sure that you've got the right aspects in place to generate it effectively, to use it effectively, to access it effectively, and to even govern it effectively as well. You'll want to be thinking about both the present use case as well as future use cases as well. And that will, of course, impact how you choose to structure your data, whether it's in a data warehouse or whether you just throw it into a big unstructured data lake for future use or even just casual use as well. So all of these aspects really do drive data. And data is such a key part of the modern retailer's toolkit and strategy. If you are focused on a technology-led transformation, you must think about the data that you're using as well as producing as well. And I'm sure you're already there. 
And then the next factor is around automation. And this very much is a follow on from data. And automation, I'm using in a big sense of the word here to say there is little or no human intervention or involvement needed. And that could be around AI. It could be around process automation. It could be around system integration. It could be around things like robotics, physical automation as well. And it's also worth thinking about how automation can help support the people in your business, assisting and augmenting their skill set and their knowledge already. And automation is is really important to be thinking about because in the modern retail world where margins are squeezed tighter and tighter, it's important to make sure that you can do things in the most cost-effective way possible. But also it allows us to do things fast and it allows us to do things, frankly, that our own heads cannot cope with. You know, very complex lookups of data to be able to get in and personalize different things or optimize decisions as we were talking about in the in the last section as well, of course. So automation is very, very exciting, and I'm sure it's going to be on your agenda if you are focused in on a technology-led transformation. And then the final factor, but by no means last, this factor is really going to help you shape your entire transformation, and it is around culture. And there are many different aspects here, and this is around the organization accepting technology and willingly going down the path of becoming digitally enabled. And there are many, many different things that may get in the way of this acceptance, whether it's the leadership and actually how does the leadership culture encourage or discourage the technology and the adoption of technology? Because that really can be a make or break. I'm sure you can imagine just how important it can be to get that leadership on board. So if you are leading a technology-led transformation, what is it that you need to do with the leadership to help them embrace the technology, to help them truly understand all of these different factors that we've discussed today? And actually, start with that focus piece. What is the problem that you are focused on? And why is technology the solution for that? And how does it sit against the innovation and so on and so on? If there is a reluctance to embrace the technology, it may be that you need to scale it back and focus more on the problem. And the technology is just an option, right? As we've spoken about today, and as you already know. It's also important to think about that leadership mindset as well. So not just the understanding of the problem and the technology and why that is being used to solve that problem, but actually how should they be thinking about the technology? And it would definitely be worthwhile, if you haven't already, making sure that there is clear sponsorship within that senior leadership team. There must be people that really understand it and get it and have this mindset that can then help other people to work along the same mindset as well. If key members of the leadership team have a technology mindset, then that's going to help you because they're not going to be nervous of new ideas or new disruptive technologies that are coming in. But instead, they're going to have this problem-solving mindset They're going to be able to critically think and challenge and create different opportunities. And I think that's so important because actually when your leadership team led by a sponsor can start to think in that way, it multiplies the opportunities that the technology can have inside the organization. And actually, you can really start to deliver on the benefits. It gets very exciting when that can start to happen. Also in culture, you're going to want to make sure you can overcome the boundaries, you know, Don't let the silo walls happen here. 
you know, looking back at the holistic perspective, this is important to realize that when we are talking about a, a connected system across the entire organization, there can't just be one team working on it or thinking about it or solving it because actually it spreads out across the organization. And perhaps the more places that this technology goes into, the bigger the opportunity, the bigger the benefit. And so you must think how you are going to overcome the boundaries, how you are going to break down those silo walls to engage people in your technology-led transformation. Of course, there are plenty of other aspects when it comes to sort of a, a tech-friendly culture, whether it's around talent management, whether it's around training and recruitment and retention, tools to do the job, and many different aspects that are, of course, important and you will need to, to factor in. And then the final piece I wanted to touch on around culture was around expectations. Expectations here of the customer, expectations of the colleague, and expectations of the company. Now, all three of these groups will have different expectations. You can't expect all your customers, of course, just to have a single expectation, right? But you must be considering it and think, actually, what are the overall themes that my customers are expecting? What are the overall themes that my colleagues are expecting? Because if your technology-led transformation can appeal to those expectations, then that's brilliant. But if it can't, then you can reset them early and it avoids future frustration or disappointment, which is only a good thing, right? But it may also spur you on to really understand a problem in a different perspective, or it may help you to make decisions along the way. So do also make sure that you understand expectations as you go along. So those are our eight factors today. And I've got one more idea for you, but just very quickly, just refreshing through those eight factors. We've got focus, we've got innovation, we've got clarity, holistic, accessibility. You know, we've been talking about data and automation and of course, culture. But I would like to ask you, is your transformation renewable? And what do I mean by that? What is a, a renewable transformation? Well, can you continue to evolve it? Or is your technology going to end up locking down too many variables, restricting the degrees of freedom and limiting the business so it can only push forward as far as a specific certain point? Because you want to make sure that your transformation is renewable. You want to make sure that you can continue to evolve. You don't want to put the handcuffs on and say, great, we're in a good place now. But when we need to evolve next, then it's going to get very difficult. So think, you know, is your innovation set up to allow for future transformation? How are you going to continue to inspire new ideas? Is there clarity in how the operating model works, which will support the future transformation? Are you taking a holistic view? And actually, how could you make it more holistic? And what would you want to continue to transform as you do increase your understanding of the system that your business exists within? You know, from an accessibility perspective, how inclusive, productive, mobile and connected is the shift? And what will you need in the future? And how can you bring that into scope now, whether it's for delivery now or just consideration? You know, data, as we touched on earlier, you know, what are the future requirements and how can you build a data lake to house those future requirements and future data sources? When it comes to automation, is there suitable agility that you can continue to hone the process, that you can continue to add or subtract different parts of the business and that automation continues to work well? You know, when it comes to culture, 
Is the business change open or changed closed? And what is the transformation experience that you are going to deliver through your technology-led transformation? Because that is going to massively impact whether your, your culture is change open or changed closed going forward. And then finally, focus, which of course was our first factor. You know, are you focused on the high priority elements? And how does this evolve? What are the opportunities? And think about actually, what's my approach to fundamental and incremental transformation? And if you consider these eight different factors, then you can not only make sure that your technology-led transformation is a success right now, but you can make sure that your transformation is renewable so you can truly continue to evolve. Maybe in five years, maybe in 10 years. It doesn't matter, but you're ready for it. I really hope you've enjoyed this episode. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. You can email me oliver.banks at obandco.uk. That's oliver.banks at obandco.uk. Or you can reach out to me on LinkedIn and I'll make sure that I put those details for you on the show notes page today, which is obandco.uk slash 125. If you'd like to check out some more episodes of the Retail Transformation Show podcast, then do go and listen to episode 44, where I was talking about the problem with digital transformation. You may also enjoy episode 99, where Michael Grange joined to talk about how you can use retail technology effectively. And then episode 124 was about how to be a data-driven retailer. So do go and check those ones out. Episode 44, 99, and episode 124, 124. And if you can't remember any of those, do check out the show notes, obandco.uk slash 125. That's the place to go if you don't know. And also sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing, a weekly email which guides you through the key headlines from the world of retail transformation and keeps you on the front foot by spotting trends as they happen. So thank you for tuning in to this particular episode. If you know someone that should be listening, then do tell them about it. Send them an email, send them a message. So do tell people about it. This is episode 125 of the Retail Transformation Show. Thanks for tuning in and I'll look forward to joining you on another episode very soon. Bye. Bye.